Those pass rushes were great now. That's exactly what we want to do right there. Hey, what defense is that? Sprout left exit, Richard Nixon. Hell no. It's the Nickel and Brime package. Ooh, I like that. I like it. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Brian. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nickel and Brian podcast. This week, we want to talk about our personal uh, or in-person draft that we had and give some thoughts and opinions on some of the teams that, that have been constructed over the weekend. Yeah, we had a, a really awesome in-person draft for the first time in how long would you say? I think, it I think it's like, been six years, I want to say. We were able to draft at Murphy's Pub, which, oh man, those guys were so, so nice and generous to let us just use the entire basement. And it just turned out perfect. And then uh, next thing you know, Brian sloshed and making fun of everyone's draft picks. Yep, yep, that's exactly what happened. Um, although I will say Murphy's did, they did at least get some heads up. I called them. And I was oh, like, hey, okay. Um, we're going to host our party, and uh, if, if you guys will have us, you know. And, and I said, I, I promise we're not going to be some freeloaders. I think there will be plenty of drinks being purchased, you know. And so, I mean, them ham jobs were like oh, $2, man. man. Yeah. Like, I think I had like five of those things. I was, I was drunk all night. It was it was fun to watch. So, uh, but yeah, they they did a great job taking care of us, and and we're really appreciative. Um, we actually, I, I think I told you guys when we first showed up that uh, Dave was a, he's one of the managers there that Mikhail had worked with, and he was actually in our league for I think two years. So when I when I called, uh, it was funny. I was talking to him, and I was like, "Hey, uh, we want to host our draft party," and uh, you know, we're we're friends of Mikhail's, and he's like, "Well." wait, which league is this? And I was like, well, this is his, his friends from high school. And he goes, oh my God, you're, you're Nick from that league. And I was like, is this Dave who played in our league? And it was kind of crazy. So uh, yeah, it was cool. So they, they took great care of us and we're definitely thankful to them. So how about we talk about some of the picks and I, obviously in your drunken stupor, you thought there were almost no good picks being made in the entire draft, but why don't we talk about some of the good, some of the just some of the noteworthy picks? Well, I mean, coming out hot in the first round, I mean, that was a a surprise. Taylor taking Ty Gurley third overall. I mean, this dude is going late first, early second. I thought I was going to maybe t- get a chance at him. Same thing with Jake. I mean, he took Travis Kelsey fourth overall and i know during the draft he was trying to trade you to go down mm-hmm. i i think i was already a couple drinks in so i couldn't understand the entire trade just so we're clear you were a couple drinks in <laughs> prior to the fourth overall pick <laughs> yeah. okay all right just want to yeah. make sure i mean we had to wait a while man so yeah, that's true that is true <laughs> but i thought those two out of all of them were pretty crazy and then Ethan's obvious draft picks, the first two where he went Andrew Luck and Matt or in, in, Andrew Luck and Melvin Gordon. Yeah. So I think those four were a little nuts. And yeah. now uh, Waylon with the whole Ezekiel Elliott, it's getting closer to the season. So that's be, I mean, that's becoming more and more risky as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I would say Taylor grabbing Todd Gurley. That one definitely surprised me. Who would you would have grabbed there? In the third spot, that's tough. Um, I probably would have taken Zeke. Yeah. 
I think I would have as well. I think I would have grabbed Tony Pollard, which I did in the draft. I would have made a conscious effort to do so, you know? Sure. Yeah. As an insurance policy, I, that makes sense. Um, I, I mean, we all know Todd Gurley's athletic abilities and his, his potential, but I think the problem with drafting him a third overall is that that's obviously the best case scenario. Yeah, you're drafting him at his ceiling, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say I one thing I would point out is Mark took Le'Veon Bell seventh overall, which I think is probably a little high. Uh, for we're talking about somebody who hasn't played football in you know a year. And I mean, but he was being mocked there though, like yeah. in all these like regular leagues. That he he's like fifth, sixth, seventh. Like he's in that area. Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke, Kamara are gone. Yeah, I get, I guess I I get that where he's ranked uh, based on past efforts, but I just don't. I don't know. This is my couch analysis of the Jets offense. <laughs> so I just so you think... would have like taken Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. I would have yeah. way over him. Okay, yeah. okay, that makes sense. I mean, especially in our league, I think even a quarterback there would have been fine. I mean, I, I was trying to explain my position at the draft of upping the quarterback scoring because. In our past like couple of leagues, it's slid to where the quarterbacks aren't as valuable anymore to anybody. Like everyone's getting pounded by the industry saying, wait for quarterbacks, wait for quarterbacks. And it's finally starting to hit into our league. I think what you're saying makes sense. The The issue is that there's just still, e- even though we start two quarterbacks, there's still not a giant variance. I mean, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes last year, obviously, right. but uh, there's still not a giant variance from QB2 even to QB10. So, not nearly as there as there would be in like RBs or wide receivers. So something that I think I didn't even mention was how different the top tier is from that super bottom tier of quarterbacks. And I think upping that from four points to six points per passing touchdown would dramatically increase that difference because uh, almost every single year I'm meddling with like the very bottom tier of quarterbacks trying to scoop together anything for value. And it's always because I keep one quarterback and then I draft one in the late rounds. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of like my whole ideology when it comes to drafting quarterbacks in our league. So I'm kind of been ahead of the game when it comes to this whole trend that's happening currently. We'll we'll quickly move on to the second round of of picks or yeah he's a, Jake's fourth round pick of Travis Kelsey way too high drafting him at the ceiling just like Ty Gurley I think that was really like not a good pick from him I I I understand he won his first year like with Travis Kelsey but I mean that's just too I mean that's way too high as well yeah and and like you said e- Ethan uh was unaware um as he as he told us he did zero research before the draft. He was unaware of Melvin Gordon's holdout. Um, so he took Melvin Gordon with the 12th overall pick, uh, last pick in the first round, and then uh, doubled that up with Andrew Luck in the first pick of round two, which we'll talk a little bit about Andrew Luck here. Um, but yeah, it's it's looking like a pretty rough season for Team Superbad, I would say. Yeah, extremely rough. I'd, oh, man. I would hate to be Ethan this year. I was joking with him about like, hey, man, I bet you want to redo draft, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I think he he probably would. And moving into the second round, I would say the most standout pick in that <laughs> to me is David Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by Dylan. Yeah, um, yeah. 
very interesting because, I mean, David Montgomery is not even guaranteed to be the starter, but also because Dylan, as we all know, is a Packers fan. I was very shocked to see that pick. Well, it's crazy because this happened before all the hype. Like, I think right before we drafted, I think they played on Thursday or Saturday and they were playing. I don't remember when they were playing specifically, but I think he had a really good game before our draft. And I think Dylan saw that and saw the box score and was like, oh, I got to get this guy. And I think it was also a little bit of the painkillers and just tilting yeah. because yep. uh, I think Luke took Damian Williams, which is what uh, he was like complaining about during the draft he's like Luke you sniped me again you asshole or like something like that and then he just went bonkers and probably tilt picked David Montgomery because he knew that Luke was going to pick him too like they share too much information between each other they yeah and they tend to do that which is kind of funny I don't I don't really know why I know Dylan's complained before about Luke stealing his draft strategy so I I don't I don't know. I don't know I what mean, to say there. What's funny is Luke's actually won one and Dylan has not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe he thinks that Luke's a mastermind or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe one year he'll get smart about it and he'll he'll tell him like all the players that he hates and pretend that he <laughs> loves those players. I don't know. Um, it's such a good strategy. Dylan invited <laughs> me into a uh, a mock draft with him. And I think he did it solely to check out what picks I would make. That's pretty conniving, but that's not shocking, I would say. <laughs> uh, some other notable second round picks that I would say. Um, I was able to snag Odell Beckham. I think that was surprise to me. Um, with the 15th pick, we had uh, T- uh, Tyreek Hill slid all the way down to the 20th pick. That was crazy, man. I would have picked Tyreek Hill over Odell Beckham if I were you. But I had him all year last year, basically. So, And yeah. I had Mahomes, so... I, I basically yeah. had the stack of the life of, of, of a lifetime right there. <laughs> well, and to defend my pick just a little bit, I, I didn't know. Obviously, we knew that Tyreek Hill was not going to face suspension mm-hmm. for the child abuse type stuff that he was he was looking at. But right. he's the type of guy character wise that hasn't proven that he's he's never proven that he's always going to be available. Let's just uh, say Kansas City hasn't locked him up for the future. <laughs> There's a reason, yeah. <laughs> so, uh tremendous talent, fastest player in the NFL, uh really exciting to watch, but but just a guy that I figure I'll let somebody else take the risk on that. And super quick, the Antonio Brown to yep. the 23rd uh wait, is it no, it's 20 23rd. Yep, you're right. The 23rd slot. I thought that was super crazy because if Matt hadn't drafted Antonio Brown right there, I was willing to ride the roller coaster with the helmet problems and the iced feet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Like the way that Antonio Brown was talking, I figured if we were going to talk about any player being retired at this point in the season, it would have been Antonio Brown. So, Oh yeah. I mean, there were rumblings that he hated his helmet. He was going to retire. Yeah. So it was another one. It just same, same kind of concept. I love the talent. Um, but, Kind of just a loose cannon. Head case. Like the last, yeah. Last couple years. Yeah. How about instead of, just, I mean, we don't need to go ex- necessarily round by round, but were there any others in the in the early part of the draft that were surprised? AJ Green uh, triggered me really hard. Yeah. I mean, he's he doesn't even get drafted, like mocked until like round seven. So I... And for, for context, it was Ethan that took AJ Green. Yeah. Last pick of the third round. Uh, so it was 36th <laughs> overall. And I think he said something like, oh, he's going to be a great keeper <laughs> as soon as he selected him or something. It was it was it was pretty funny. I was I was hackling at that. Yeah. And 
just kind of going down this. I think most of the stuff that I was commenting on in the during the draft was more of like I didn't have a draft pick for like another three, four rounds. So I was just kind of like drinking and just having fun and trying to talk shit to everybody. But I mean, I don't think Dante Pettis may not even be the starter on his team. So that in the six by Matt was a little weird. Yeah. I mean, he took him before Will Fuller. You know who you got in this at the top of the seven? Yeah, I I thought that was an amazing pick, the Will Fuller pick, and then I was I would have went Miles Sanders, but Dylan got him right before me. That's funny that you said that because I I was hoping that Will Fuller would fall to me that round, um, and I ended up with Tevin Coleman. The only reason I took Will Fuller was because I knew Taylor would take him, like he wouldn't make it back to me because Taylor always drafts Will Fuller. She does, yeah. Eric Ebron on Ethan. Yeah, Eric Ebron got drafted. I, I hate that pick. I don't think Eric Ebron was any good. Sorry, go on. Well, it's funny. It's funny, actually. I'll uh, Eric Ebron, I picked up off the waiver wire before the season started last year and happened to be one of the good calls that I made amongst a uh, very few number of good calls that I made. Yeah, I, it's just one of those things where nobody really expected him to repeat what he did last year. So that's kind of where... I, Ethan ended up drafting him was based on last year's results. And I think Ethan was the only one who was <laughs> thinking he was going to repeat, but yeah, on the quarterback position, this has been, been quite different. If you look back at our drafts over the last, I think I mean, we've got at least six years worth of drafts in this same Google doc we've been using. And um, how many quarterbacks did we have drafted in the first round? I think it was just one. This yeah, year. just Aaron Rodgers, And then yeah. I think the next was Andrew Luck in round two. Yeah. So we had, I think, four more quarterbacks drafted in, in round two, which is a little bit closer, but that's still only five quarterbacks drafted in the first two rounds. Um, we've just had kind of this renaissance, I guess, of 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 drafting quarterbacks later. Uh, for instance, I was able to get Dak Prescott and Ben Roethlisberger in rounds three and six, So, which I was pretty happy with. Yeah, Ben, that's a great value for Ben. Yeah, Big Ben's a little a little uh, volatile, but I mean round six. I mean that's really great yeah, value. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not really. It's not a reach in round six. So yeah, I mean yeah. Mark constantly keeps Philip Rivers in the fourth and thinks that's a godlike value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just one of those things where you just got to reevaluate the position every year. I mean Ben Roethlisberger in the six is a fantastic pick. So, yeah, that's just something I wanted to point out is just the quarterbacks in general. There's been a big shift even from last year. I mean, if you look at 2018's draft, uh, we had Aaron Rodgers in the first round, Cam Newton in the first round, Russell Wilson in the first round. And then in the second round was Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, uh, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Sorry, I had to <laughs> choked a little bit there. Um, <laughs> Andrew Luck, Dak Prescott. So all of those quarterbacks went in the first two rounds. Uh, not to mention there were more quarterbacks kept last year than this year. So, yeah, the quarterback position was very thin at the end of round two last year. Not so the case this year at all. Uh, just real quick, Nick, I'm, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot real quick. Was there any pick that you thought you got sniped on or like someone took instead of you or that you would have liked to take instead? Yeah, I, not in the early rounds. I felt really, really lucky. Um, I will say later on, I'm trying to find that exact pick because, to be honest, I, I can't really remember. I have a couple in mind that I could talk about if if you want while you take a look. Yeah, go ahead. One of the things that I was I had on my draft sheet was a sleepers list that I written that I had written down on the back of my um, draft cheat sheet, and the person on the very top of the list was 
Darwin Thompson, mm-hmm. um, the Kansas City Chiefs running back, and it was round, round 15. 14 15 where i took mark andrews jordan reed back to back because i was like oh well i kind of want mark andrews he's kind of a a good sleeper tight end and then i kind of want jordan reed because i think he could be good this year and then matt right after me took darwin thompson and i Mm -hmm. thought that was such a massive reach and i was like it blew my mind i was so livid i mean in the you know, 15th round, it's, it's like whatever, but I'm just utterly surprised that someone like thinking the same as me. And, you know, what's funny is just a couple rounds before that, Matt, I mean, he does have Dalvin Cook, so it makes sense, but he took Alexander Madison um, in the 13th round. And you wanted which, him? I, I I don't know that I wanted him. I guess I would say that I was I was at least interested, thought that maybe he would go in the last round or two, or maybe... Well, I'm pretty sure you and Matt bounce dalvin between each other yeah he yeah i traded dalvin to him but that's actually how i got julian edelman who i think is is a solid keeper pick for this year um not obviously not a long-term guy um but well who knows i mean he's got a 42 year old quarterback so i mean i think he'll still be good this year even with josh gordon coming back so yeah yeah i think james white is really the only person that that is going to challenge his targets i guess i would say i'm not too concerned about it Uh, but yeah i mean that's just i guess a draft profile on matt is the type of players that he's looking for high upside backups Mm -hmm. like that could turn into a bell cow or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i took jalen samuels in round 11 and i thought i I looked you right in the eyes yeah and actually your words were nick look me in the eyes while i make this pick And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, I thought that was like a, ooh, I'm outsmarting you, Nick. <laughs> but what's really funny is, oh, never mind. I thought you had a round 12 pick, but you kept George Kittle. So, yeah. I did. I, did a, I mean, I did have a round 11 pick. pick, and you took it at the top uh, of right. that round. I think you probably would have took him there because you took Kareem Hunt, which is like like a backup. So I think you would have ended up taking him he he was definitely on my board having james connor um but i was hoping to get him after my keepers all of my keepers were right in. so i i had Ert, um not Ertz. i had kittle in, in round 12 and then connor in 13 so i was hoping to get him in around you know around the 14th but yeah i've I've, I've tend to learn that you gotta like take them <laughs> like especially in this league because you have no idea what people are thinking yeah there's there's no there's no predicting I took. I mean, I I will say I was happy with Cream Hunt in the eleventh round. Obviously, he's not going to give me a ton of value this year. My 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 long term thought in that was that hopefully I've got a good enough team that I'll be able to be in a good position by the time he comes back. Mm-hmm. And if he has a role, then great. If not, he potentially could be traded next year. I mean, who knows? But an eleventh round Kareem Hunt talent is solid for years moving forward. If he does have a better opportunity. A lot of like the stuff that I listen to and hear around fantasy football says that Kareem Hunt was more of like a, like a system player for Andy Reid and mm-hmm. like a Kansas City like high scoring offense. And if he's not in one of those systems, he's kind of not that talented. Or yeah, yeah. And I mean, to be honest, you don't have to be a stud. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lamar Miller. Us, we, <laughs> yeah, Lamar Miller is uh kind of been the definition of potential um and somehow has had a fantasy role 
So, but we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about Lamar Miller too. But yeah, so I guess in, in summation, do you have, or were there any other last minute picks? Oh, to an, I'm sorry. To answer your question, um, I, the only time I really got sniped was I was planning on taking uh, DK Metcalf in the 14th. <laughs> um, and Derek took him ahead of me, but I, I really didn't, I didn't lose any sleep over that. Um, I was just going to be selecting DK based on his, his potential, you know, and, and I, I, I feel pretty set at the wide receiver position. So it was one of those things where I thought it'd be cool, but I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it yet. So I ended up taking Jarek McKinnon to sort of handcuff my Tevin Coleman pick. Ugh. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that Jarek McKinnon is as close as as people were advertising him to coming back. So I've actually since dropped him. Um, but yeah, other than that, do you do you see any other picks that that stand out good or bad? I think that pretty much wraps up most of the draft at the end of the rounds here. It's kind of like just sleepers and take a shot on who you want. I could pick bones with every single one of them if I really wanted to. But I'm sure you could. <laughs> so how about how about this? How about we talk about some of our favorite teams in the league and some of our least favorite teams in the league. Oh yeah. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Cause I love talking about my top, uh, four teams, I guess, uh, which obviously is me. I'm number one team. I, I feel like that's a shocker to me. <laughs> well, it only, it's only because of how good of keepers I had. And, uh, I think number two would be Waylon. If, Zeke plays. I think Waylon has a very strong team, and I, uh, I was talking to him a little bit after the draft, and I said to him, "Man, if Zeke doesn't play, you know, I don't think your team is going to be that bad." And it's because he kept Nick Chubb and Marlon Mack, and you mm-hmm. know, when you have depth like that, uh, I think that it just kind of fell into place for him to be able to take, you know, that risk. And then I think Zeke doesn't play, then I think you would be number two. So I think you're a close three you know what i mean like i i really enjoy uh kind of your draft and your newfound strategy for not keeping terrible players <laughs> yeah uh but somehow you still got marcus Mariota on your team but at least he's not one of your starters i sure as heck did <laughs> so i think you have a really good team and i think it could it has a lot of potential you have some really fantastic studs like Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Lindsay, James Conner, Michael Thomas, Odell, George Kittle, Julian Edelman, Dak. I mean, that's a solid group. And I really think you have like playoff potential this year. I think you could really just be, you wouldn't really be an underdog. I guess it's more of like a dark horse of like trying to win it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I would, I would directly be in contrast to that. I think I am an upper dog in this league. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, the fact that you're at my top four, I mean, I'd say you're an upper dog. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's Matt for the last spot. I, for four, I mean, Matt's always a great drafter, and I think he would do really good as well. And everyone's team, I feel like, is so close, outside of mine, of course. So I, I agree. I think I agree mostly with you in your top three. Um, I. I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I think I'm a top two team. I've been trying to decide whether I like my team better than your team. Uh-huh. Um, and, and just because you didn't talk about all the players you've got, let me just real quickly list. You've got Mahomes, Barkley, uh, Fournette. Right now you've got Will Fuller, but you also have Keenan Allen. Um, I'm afraid of that week one, and so I 
Yeah. Chris Godwin, Mark Andrews, Alvin Kamara, Jameis Winston. So when you look at that team, obviously you have more star power than anybody else having Mahomes, Barkley, Kamara. That's that's really hard to match. The upside is infinite. Like each one of those players easily could put up 30 points a week. Yeah. So and and the only reason why I would say, I mean, right now, I think your team is better than mine because I, I just I don't see really people being able to outscore that those three. And really, when you include Winston, if if Winston's going to be the guy for Bruce Arians, I mean, even he's a guy who could who could throw the football 50 times a game. So, yeah, you never really know, uh, I guess any of those guys could score 30 um, and that'd be really tough to match. So I'd say right now your team is better than mine. Um, the reason why I was originally trying to decide is because I think mine is a little bit more consistent from player to player, you know, and, and you do have some players that are, they're susceptible to injuries. We've seen Keenan Allen go down multiple times. Leonard Fournette has struggled with staying healthy. Uh, obviously Will Fuller has been injured several times. So these are the types of things that if, if those guys get hurt, it could end up limiting your upside, I guess, but even still, uh, you'd have to have a lot of things go wrong. Yeah. So. Um, so I would say me and you, one, two, you, one, me, two. And then right now I've got uh, Waylon as the third best team. But I would also agree with you in that if if Zeke ends up sitting out for any extended period of time, I would say Mar- uh, Matt is the is my number three uh, to highlight Matt's team. He has Dalvin Cook as his top running back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, sorry, Christian McCaffrey is the top running back. Dalvin as his number two. Um, and like we said earlier, he took a risk on Antonio Brown, but uh, really, is it that risky if he's on the field? Uh, not really. So, I mean, he's got a great team. And then Waylon has just kind of been a little bit of a wizard, it feel like, at the draft. I mean, the thing that like makes me feel like Matt's a close third, fourth, is like I don't know what to expect out of Cam, and he was just recently injured. And then like David Njoku was already injured, and Kenyon Drake, I don't know what's going on with the the Miami running back position. Um, I don't know how uh, Minnesota is going to look this year with Kirk Cousins uh, OC changing. I mean, what's his name? John D. Filippo was fired mm-hmm. midseason, and then they turned to a full blown run game. They and did. Then Adam Thielen was like dog shit at yeah. the end of the season, and it really hurt Matt. And then he has Josh Allen, which, I mean, everyone knows he was on fire for like the last couple of weeks, just rushing 100 yards every single game <laughs> so like i think he was a quarterback one for the last four weeks or something like that yeah. is ridiculous and that's why i think he has really good upside i mean it could really turn bad i mean especially if cam goes down yeah and and waylon is kind of a one of those guys that i mean he's got russell wilson lamar jackson two qbs did you know um, he got russell wilson in like late third yeah like yeah. that's just nasty. Like yeah. that, that, it's ridiculous. I mean, it it just shows. Like I remember taking Russell Wilson in the first like two years ago. Yeah, I I think Russell Wilson has been drafted in the top three players um, at least once, maybe twice. Yeah, it, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like the fact yeah. that someone could keep Russell Wilson next year is just mind boggling to me. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, like we we talked about, he has Zeke, so we we don't really know what's going to happen there. But Nick Chubb has been flying up the the draft boards this this off season. Well, it's because everyone's holding out. Yeah, everyone's holding out, and like it's uncertain. You know, at yeah. least Nick Chubb had a fantastic rookie season, and they're committing to him. Yeah, I mean, he he averaged uh, over five yards per carry as a rookie, and with really what should be a, a much improved 
Cleveland Browns offense, you, you feel like who knows what he could do. I mean, he could he could be yeah, I mean, his, that's a huge high high ceiling offense at this yeah. point. I mean, with Odell uh, Landry, I mean, everyone says that whole cliche of not a mouse to feed. But I mean, when you're the only running back in on that team that has amazing talent, you know, you're going to get the rock and you're going to score fantasy points. Yeah. So I, you know, with us being kind of pretty close in, in the top three, what do you think about the bottom few (laughs) teams in the league? So I think this is a lot harder than what I initially thought, because I think a lot of these teams are so even across the board that it's almost like just if a team has four players I don't like on it, I think it's on the bottom three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everyone has kind of like this could be good, could be bad. But if there's one thing I do know that will be bad is that's Ethan's team. <laughs> <laughs> because that dude drafted some garbage, some hot garbage. And I think he's going to be feeling this year for a long time. Yeah. I feel bad. I'm surprised he hasn't even checked out and the season hasn't started yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is like a, a turning point in his fantasy football career where he'll start actually paying attention to who's out, who's holding out, and who's injured. <laughs> so the next bottom team, which I, this is like no order. I mean, Ethan is 12. Everything between 11 to 8 or even 11 to five is a toss-up really but i'm just gonna say evan's team i don't really like joe mixon this year with aj green out i i I hate the cincinnati Bengals offense there's amari cooper being injured with whatever it is mike evans injured with whatever it is david johnson i don't know if you saw that preseason game with Mm. the the first team offense but they looked horrendous yeah like I, I was so afraid. I don't know if you saw, but I picked up the Lions defense for week one against them. I'm just so certain that all they're gonna do is rush them and just it's just it's it's gonna be a like a bloodbath for a couple yeah. weeks at least. So Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a reason you didn't keep him in the eighteenth round. You know? Yeah. I don't know what you're gonna get. Andy Dalton, you don't know what you're gonna get. His flex, his Geronimo Allison. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea. And then Golden Tate got suspended, so that hurts his value. I mean, honestly, the only pick that I liked about that he took was Dwayne Haskins and uh, Debo Samuel. I think those guys are going to be great. I think Debo Samuel is going to be a starting wide receiver on the uh, 49ers, not Dante Pettis. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And then the next one would be probably Luke, I guess. I'm not going to go too much into it because honestly, I think Luke's team, <laughs> Luke's team's on here, but like top, uh, bottom three, like he could easily be four. Like Kyler Murray, like kind of what I was saying before, like I don't believe in the Arizona offense. I think he'll score fantasy points, so he could be good. I mean, Damian Williams, I think, could be really good as well. Like anyone in a Kansas City Chiefs team is going to be really good. He has had some hamstring issues and i was just so blowing that out of proportion i think i mean hula jones i think he'll be really great because of dirt cutter the coordinator's back where he had his amazing year chris carson seems to be like the number one running back on the team i think mitchell trubisky is like a meddling quarterback like 
10 to 15 so it's not gonna be terrible but it could be terrible you know it's <laughs> it's 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 really hard to do the bottom tier rankings for this year because everyone's team is so diverse and everyone has a mishmash of people for the very first time i feel like well it's funny i i would say i had a really easy time picking my bottom three teams <laughs> i thought it was i don't know why i just i just thought there was a a clear separation. So my third worst team was Mark's team. And I, I kind of explained like he drafted Le'Veon Bell seventh overall, which I, I don't necessarily blame him. I mean, we know what Le'Veon Bell is capable of when he's at his best, but I just don't see it in the Adam Gase offense. And again, the fact that he hasn't even played football in over a year, I think he's not going to be very good this year. I think he's going to be maybe somewhere in the RB 15 to RB 20 range. So can I tack on to that real quick? I think yeah. there were like reports saying that he's going to split time with Ty, Ty Montgomery. And yeah. I don't know if you've seen the preseason games with Ty Montgomery in there, but he's looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He just, uh, and, and he's played football more recently, <laughs> you know, is yeah, that, yeah, I mean, you can't really overvalue that. I feel like on, 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 uh, Mark's team though, but I think his best players, hands on Juju Smith-Schuster in the fifth. It is, yeah, it is. Which yeah. I'll take credit for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, Marvin Jones Jr. is his wide receiver too right now. I, I, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got Hunter Henry at tight end. Same thing. That guy hasn't played football in a year. I do really like Latavius Murray this year because I think he's got, yeah. he's got a fantastic opportunity. I don't know that he's necessarily more talented than Mark Ingram was. Um, I think but, they're really similar players. So. Yeah. I think maybe Mark Ingram's a little bit better of a pass catcher, but but again, it's the opportunity, uh, not really the talent. And and Latavius Murray is actually really really great after first contact. I was kind of wanting him just to handcuff him a little bit to Alvin Kamara, and I just I didn't get the chance to because I didn't have the picks. But I yeah, I really like him. Yeah, so I I mean the two players I like most on his team are Latavius Murray and Juju. Um, but yeah, Aaron Jones, great talent, um, but. I don't know that I want him as my RB2, maybe as a flex. When he's in the game, he's fine. The problem is him being in the game. I mean, he's been hurt just as many times you know, as everybody else we've been talking about here. So, yeah, that's the reason why I've got Mark at, at number three. He doesn't have enough sure things to me at all. Number two worst would be my brother-in-law, Dylan. Just had a lot of reaches in the draft. I think we could we could be talking about him making some really good choices out of these uh, reaches, but I think... Again, he he was going for their ceiling and not not sort of most what's likely to happen. So um, he's got Josh Jacobs as his RB one, but David Montgomery is his RB two. Who knows how that's going to turn out uh, with with two rookie running backs? You know, especially on a on the Raiders. What's 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 crazy is, and it's driving me absolutely up the wall. Is Hard Knocks has not said Josh Jacobs once or yeah. mentioned him at all or a, a, like they haven't even acknowledged they have a starting running back named this person <laughs> and it just blows my mind and it just goes to show you how a non-factor he i mean like, it kind of speaks for itself it's like it's so he's, crazy to me yeah like, he's either not making an impact in a personnel type way as in yeah. you know maybe he's just not outspoken enough but it, it is kind of interesting because usually they don't really shy away from from showing like rookies being yeah they like drum up like oh we have crafted this guy in the first yeah he has high expectations i think the the raiders uh had a lot going on and so that's why they haven't mentioned his name but i mean still like to the point earlier it's like 
why wouldn't they at least say his name once you know like or just mention his name at all like give him like a five minute something yeah it's a little troublesome i'd say but he does he does have Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, uh Robbie Anderson right now are his next. He does have Calvin Ridley, who I like this year, but I, again, I think he took him in the fifth round, and I just don't know that I would be that confident in what he's gonna do this year. But I, I do I am pretty high on Calvin Ridley. So I, I don't know, his receivers maybe a little bit better. Um, but quarterbacks are Tom Brady, who, you know, obviously I I love Tom Brady. I think he's the GOAT. Um he's been a, a mainstay in my lineup for in fantasy football for a long time. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that he's totally comfortable handing the ball off. Now uh, he's That's not like going to fight. Signature to, move. Yeah. <laughs> he, That's he, a 42 year old signature move. He doesn't really change the play at the line to make himself pass, you know, in the ways that he used to, um, he'll, he'll maybe change the run and he's okay with that. So, uh, he's not been the fantasy force that he once was. And Sam Darnold is just such a huge question mark. Um, so I, I don't like his, his quarterbacks. OJ Howard is phenomenal talent. Um, but again, who knows what's going to happen there? So yeah, that's, that's the reason why I've got my, my brother-in-law Dylan as the second worst team. And, and you mentioned it earlier. My, my, my least favorite team is, is Ethan's team super bad. Uh, let me just run through this lineup real quick. His lineup is Jared Goff and Ryan Fitzpatrick as his two QBs. Uh, he did get Jacoby Brissett, which we'll talk about in a bit too. But LaShawn McCoy and Giovanni Bernard are his RB1 and RB2 right now, which is just mind-blowing. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. But as we said, he did draft Melvin Gordon thinking that there was nothing wrong with him. So uh, I guess that's kind of what happens. Uh, receivers are Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry. Um, and I guess he's hoping for a quick recovery. Kenny Galladay. So he does, he does have Galladay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's, he's on his bench and I thought David Funches was going to be good this year too. So I thought he had some decent depth at wide receivers. So I think he like went too hard on wide receivers. Yeah. Eric Ebron is that tight end as we talked about already too. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, Ethan was my, my least favorite team that I had. Um, but a couple of wild cards, I'll say you brought up some people. Uh, I think Luke has a tremendous, range of outcomes for his team he could be just i think he could he could really surprise a lot of teams one week and then he could end up uh laying a giant goose egg so uh, but yeah. some other other teams that are like that i think uh taylor's team and jake's team the friends and the friends and duo um i think both <laughs> of them have pretty wide ranges of outcomes so they're kind of my wild cards yeah that's why i didn't feel it was so good putting luke in my bottom three it's just like you were saying all of these teams easily have upside like everyone has upside but it's hard to envision the downside as well and it's hard to slate them in but yeah i totally see how luke could even be a top 14 i mean it's easy it's just kyler murray runs like how josh allen was and next thing you know allen robinson takes a step forward julio jones is a you know, badass this year. Damian Williams, awesome. Chris Carson's awesome. I mean, it's, it's easy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way about Derek's team too. I I kind of left him off, but you know, with Derek Henry, Carryon Johnson, Stephon Diggs, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett. I mean, those are guys who are who could be you know thirty Fantastic. points in yeah, one game like or 10. or five points. <laughs> you know, I you, mean, the, the whole Derek Henry run last year was crazy, and it's one of the reasons why Jake won the league. He could have a fan. I mean, I love his quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, and then he has Tyler Lockett that could be top 10 easily with the target share of Baldwin gone. And then Stephon Diggs is like, I, I don't know, whatever. And then Christian Kirk, I was so high on him. And then I saw the, the preseason. I was like, oh my God. I, 
<laughs> I don't know anymore. And then Evan Ingram, you know, he, he could be good and see like 130 targets or more. And I mean, Kyrian Johnson, I'm scared of CJ Anderson now because of the preseason game. And I, I, I think he could have a fantastic season too. And I mean, he finished third last year. We know he's for being a new guy, he's not afraid to trade. So, you know, this might not be the team that he has in week three. You know, we, we don't even know. Yeah, so. he's already been seeking out trades. He's he's looking. <laughs> he's looking. He is. He's starting to learn, I think. So, um, well, we're almost out of time. Do you have anything else that uh that stood out to you about teams or, or our draft party or anything? No. Um, I just want to say again, thank you to Murphy's Pub for letting us kind of crash their basement and really having a great time down there. And um, I think this year is going to be uh fantastic. I think <laughs> everything changes so quickly in the first week, uh, first couple of weeks of football. So, uh, I mean, preseason, this is the first year we've drafted this early in a long time. And I've been yeah. pushing for this because I pride myself specifically on preparing for these early drafts. And I like getting values on players like there's no way I could have drafted Tony Pollard in the 15th th- this week. So. I really pride myself on finding these hidden gems and outside yeah. of that, uh, only time will tell if, if, if that really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he just said basically, uh, F you to the Cowboys and is booked back to Cabo already. So I... <laughs> yeah. this it's shaping up to be a really interesting season and, and the draft was, uh, was right on par, I think with that. So I'm excited. I know you're excited. And, uh, with that, I think we'll go ahead and, We'll end it here, and we'll just say thanks for listening, guys, and, and hope you can check out our next episode, which we're going to be talking about some some preseason news coming up. It's going to be exciting. Stay tuned. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Bye. Man, I like the Nickel and Brian Package Podcast.